0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Joseph Holmes of Easy Mile. Easy Mile is an incredible company bringing award winning autonomous vehicle solutions to market across the globe. And Joseph told us all about it. We talked about Easy Mile, what they do, the amazing technology behind their solutions, and the role autonomous vehicles will play in the future of the industry and the world. It was so exciting to see the future come to life. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you missed it, don't worry. You can catch up over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast or anywhere that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 208. E2 Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions, and they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We have so many new and exciting things happening over at the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page. I hope you're not missing out because we are coming out with some new announcements every single week. We've got new live shows. We've got a brand new franchise, Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack. If you haven't followed their LinkedIn page, please go ahead and do that. And we've got a brand new website. So head over at letstalksupplychain.com to go and check it out. So today I'm joined by a dynamic company on a mission to provide high impact digital training programs that upskill and effectively prepare corporate employees for everything required to excel in their role. Have you guessed who it is? Well, I will let you know right after the question of the week. So the question was, if you could take a one-year sabbatical from your current role, what would you do? We had so many amazing answers, and thank you to everybody who participated. So Peter says, travel the globe, globe with the love of my life, see the world, eat amazing food, and golf at every destination. Jeff says, work for an NGO like Samaritan's Purse. Bali said, I will explore explore the world and meet new people. Magdalena, great question. When I look at the answers and ideas so far, it seems that everyone would like to explore new cultures, countries, and travel. Is this a consequence of corona because it has not been as easy as it used to be for a long time? Maybe it's also good to have a year of self-realization. Write a book, develop an own business idea, or educate yourself. Nick Romer, what a great question. One I think we should all ask ourselves once in a while. There's so much the world has to offer and so little we see of it. So travel, learn, volunteer all with my family so we can grow as human beings and leave an impact. Lorraine, I would do a culinary tour of different cultures and get my children to join me for some of the trips. Love that. Joanna, I travel somewhere far like Australia or Asia. I might even start a business. Awesome. Thank you so much to everyone who participated. We loved seeing all of your answers. So now back to today's podcast and which exciting and people-focused company is joining me today? Well, it's Skill Dynamics. Skill Dynamics offers expert, practical e-learning solutions for procurement and supply chain teams. Their real-world, role-based programs, delivered with a customized and collaborative approach, have been rolled out to over 300,000 students to date. And with offices in the U.S., Europe, Middle East, and China, and over 520 blue-chip clients they're making a real impact on core training worldwide. Today, David, the CEO at Skill Dynamics, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the impact of the COVID crisis on staff training, procurement and e-commerce, and the power of digital. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about David. So David is an accomplished CEO in the learning and development industry with over eight years of experience at the executive level and more than 12 in the procurement and supply chain training environment. His experience covers the full spectrum of training from live delivery to fully digital learning. He has lived and worked on three continents and is comfortable working with people across all different cultures and backgrounds. David holds a degree in economics and international studies from LaSalle University in Philadelphia and earned an MBA from the University of Exeter in the UK. So welcome to the show, David. David. I am very excited to have you here. I mean, Skill Dynamics has an enviable client roster, including everyone from Spotify and BP to Siemens and GlaxoSmithKline. So the team, you know, are obviously doing something right. And I cannot wait to find out more about the learning you're delivering and the incredible results you're clearly achieving. So let's dive in without further ado. Why don't you tell us about Skill Dynamics? What does it do and how does it help its customers?
1: Sure, Sarah, it's pretty simple. We train procurement and supply chain professionals for everything required for their role. Hmm. If I can borrow a phrase, we're digital natives. And now that does, certainly doesn't mean that we're all young by any means, but rather that since the founding of our company, we focused on digital learning. And many tr- training providers, people that we compete with in a sense, made their start doing classroom training and only began doing e-learning to follow the trend. And we, being the contrarians that we are, started in digital and it remains our focus. Skill dynamics is razor focused, I would say, on raising the performance of corporate learners. Uh, We also offer certifications, which can be valuable to individuals. And we're accredited, we're accredited by both the International Federation of Purchasing and Supply Management, that's IFPSM, and the CILT. Hmm. But we put the priority on raising the performance of our corporate clients and delivering ROI to, to our customers.
0: I love that. And you know what? I mean, learning is all about the journey that you're taking in your career and being able to upskill, learn new things. Also, kind of figure out what you like and, and what you don't like in a career and in a journey. But before we go into depth about how Skill Dynamics works, I want to ask you a little bit more about the name, because you actually rebranded a couple of months ago, and I've been talking you know, more and more recently about the power of marketing and brand in supply chain. And so I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your brand story, and then also the reasons behind your rebrand, and what it all means for Skill Dynamics and your customers.
1: Sure. Yeah, branding is indeed a, a really powerful force. It, it gives you the opportunity to infuse meaning into your brand identity so that customers know what you stand for even before they, they come and talk to you. Um, for us, rebranding was about distinguishing ourselves. There's many companies and even within corporations who refer to a procurement academy or a supply chain academy. So we really needed something unique. And that desire to infuse meaning into what we do became even more acute when we partnered with Levi and Lightman Capital Partners, taking a step up, I would say, in in the private equity world. So those are our private equity partners. And we really needed to establish ourselves and wanted to tell the world about all the great things that were happening with us. And we felt like we needed to to really distinguish ourselves by calling ourselves Skill Dynamics rather than, than just Procurement or Supply Chain Academy. In terms of why we chose Skill Dynamics, the skill part of the name comes from the fact that our high impact and personalized learning journeys will deliver an uplift in performance by improving the skills of your procurement and supply chain team. The word Dynamics, and that was my favorite part of the the new brand, illustrates that we're committed not only to upskilling our learners today, but rather to continually keep them up to date as procurement and supply chain processes, techniques, and technology are constantly evolving. I think Dynamics also captures the ethos of our company as a whole. We're, We're a very dynamic company we're a young company that's experienced rapid growth and so we're constantly dynamic signifies that we're constantly evolving and, and looking to innovate to, to improve what we do. So the the passion that we have and the areas of innovation we'll talk more about it I think later in the in the interview is that we we're constantly looking to give our customers a better experience.
0: Absolutely, I. You know what? I really, really like that name, and and it's so true what you're talking about dynamics. Right? We want to know that the companies that we're partnering with, whether it's a supplier, whether it's a customer, you know, whether it's a, a partner like Skill Dynamics in being able to tap into for you know, um, upskilling and learning. And we want to know that they're constantly going to be evolving. We want to know that they're going to evolve with us, with our career, no matter where we go. And so I think, you know, that rebrand and the rename, I I, I really like the name. And I, I think that that was a that was a really, really great thing that you guys did. And so let's let's talk about your approach to learning because you offer what you call role-based learning. I have never heard of that before. I'm sure our, our audience probably hasn't heard of it before. And so I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more. What does that mean? How does it differ from more traditional styles of learning? And what can somebody benefit from that type of learning?
1: Yeah, that's a really important part of our offering in one sense I'm glad you've never heard of it because it means that our, our competitors aren't out there doing it or pushing it. In another sense, I think we need to get the message out there a, a bit you know, in a bit more strong way. So role-based learning is, as I mentioned, very important to offering because we have such a vast library of content that it would really be inefficient to expect our learners to search through it all and pick out what is most relevant for them in their role or even to have some kind of artificial intelligence engine that recommends courses based on, for instance, other courses that they've done in the past. Because even and that's that's all the all the rage these days is the learning management systems that are out there. They all say, well, we've got this artificial intelligence engine, and it's like Netflix. And that sounds great, but what they what these algorithms don't know is that it is what you need for your particular role. It's true. The, the kind of wide range of content that's out there. Um, so our clients, they want to upskill their people in content for, that's relevant to them. They don't want content that is one size fits all. If you go on, say, a classroom training course, and I used to do classroom training, you would give, say, a category management training course for three days. And everybody in the room, some people would be category managers and would be expected to apply it. And often there would be other people in the room who they thought, okay, this is interesting stuff, but it's not relevant to me. But our clients want to use their learner's times efficiently, which means that they only train in what's required for their role. So, for example, a demand planner would need to be an expert in the demand planning competency being able to apply, for instance, just to throw out a concept, the Holt-Winter's algorithm. On the other hand, a supply chain executive may only need an awareness level of the technical aspects of demand planning. The supply chain executive may need to understand a bit about many different areas within supply chain, whereas technical experts might need to be deeper in one particular area. So we work closely with clients to, ter- to determine which roles need to achieve higher or lower targeted competence levels across the spectrum of procurement and supply chain skills. Then in an automated way, we assess those individuals such that when it's combined with a tailored competence model that we develop for the organization, meaning the matrix of skills, roles, and target competence levels, the output is a personalized learning journey for each individual. Hmm. All that is done with minimal manual work required from either the client side or the skill dynamic side. The systems and process we, processes we've developed have al- allow each client to have their own tailored academy, if you will, personalized by role and even the individual's current skill level.
0: I think that that's amazing. A lot of times, you know, people come to me and they're like, what skills do I need to know? And I'm like, well, it kind of depends on where you want to land in supply chain and what that role looks like to you, what your vision for your career looks like, right? Because there's so many different ways that you can slice and dice that depending on which way you want to go in supply chain, because supply chain is a huge topic, right? And so they come to me and they ask me for these skills. And I'm just, and and I'm really just throwing it back at them and saying, you really need to take a look at your career path. But now knowing that you guys exist and being like, you can go and see them and talk to them about, you know, that career path and what, what you need to learn to be able to get there, I think is amazing. And I'm so excited that we're bringing this to the community today. So that brings me to, you know, how do you work with your customers? Because as any of us who work in supply chain or procurement know, no two environments are the same, which is what I just talked about. And the challenges, you know, they just keep on coming. So does a business come to you with a specific business problem to solve or do they, do they say we need help and is it down to you to figure out what those problems might be and design a solution? Can individuals come to you directly? What exactly does that look like?
1: Well, we mainly train corporate clients. We have avenues for individuals to go down, but our focus is really on, on training corporate teams. So we do a bit of both. Just to go back to your original question of whether clients have a specific business driver or whether they just say we need help and and you need to design a solution we do a bit of both i will say though we're not a consultancy so we won't send in a group of people to for example optimize your snop process we will however equip your people with the tools and skills needed to implement a best-in-class snop process so for clients that come to us with a specific need We'll account for that by tailoring the client's competence model, which I talked about earlier, and therefore their learning journeys to focus on a particular area or areas. And we can even adjust the sequencing of it. So if there's a particular business issue that you're trying to solve right now, that can be upfront, for example. We're very flexible in that sense. In some cases, Clients come to us and say that they've been tasked with transforming the entire procurement or supply chain department. And since an army of expensive, high-proven procurement professionals probably doesn't fit in the budget, they decide they want to raise the level of the people that they do have in order to hit the ambitious targets that their CPOs and vice presidents of supply chain are signing up to.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I, lo- I love that, right? Because what you're doing is you're also giving your teams an opportunity to upskill and be part of that solution. Um, and also, I think, I think too, you can really sort of figure out who does what and who does what really, really well. And so I think part of that is putting people in the right roles, which really is, you know, a really big key to success and and a really big driver. And I know, you know, I know you personally created the R&D department at Skill Dynamics. You were responsible for creating a a new learning format. And I'm always fascinated every time I see the armed forces in somebody's background. So do you think that that discipline, um, you know, courage out of the box thinking has been part of the development of this incredibly successful successful program of solutions?
1: Yeah, I think everything in in somebody's background contributes to to who they are today. More than anything else, my time in the Army taught me a lot about leadership. And I would argue that leadership is a necessary precondition to delivering innovation. And the reason behind that is if you're going to deliver innovation, you need to have convictions and you need to go for it and make it happen. And that's one thing the the Army certainly teach, teaches you. I know when we were doing drills, there were, the, the answer was never we're just going to kind of stop and not achieve our objective. We're just going to retreat. That would be uh, an ultimate or an automatic kind of no-go. So I think mm-hmm. the, that, that leadership and, 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 and driving things forward helps with innovation. I did learn about both the good and the bad as it relates to leadership. Not, not everyone in the Army, it won't be a secret to, to the, the veterans out there, is a good leader. As, for example, as a young lieutenant on my first assignment in the Republic of Korea, my commander was a guy named Ryan Foxworth. Now, he was a good leader. And I think he was a good leader because he balanced the needs of the soldiers under his command with the need to instill discipline. I've also seen some poor leadership, whether it's because of micromanaging people or leaders that feel like they need to prove that they're tough or whatever other uh, reasons or motivations they'd have uh, behind that, um, then th- there's been, there's some bad leadership out there as well. So you learn from both, I think. Yeah. In terms of creativity, I've always been a bit of a contrarian, I would say, which can make me difficult at times, but can also drive me to find uh, solutions where maybe they didn't exist or, or people thought they, they couldn't be done. And, and the way that plays out, I think, in skill dynamics is that we're able to combine new technologies to deliver learning formats, new learning formats that upskill people ever more efficiently. And that's, that's become part of skill dynamics DNA. So that tradition continues today with the current very strong R&D department that we have in place today. We've, we've certainly come a long way since it's only been 10 years, but we've come a long way since our days as a startup where we had single digit numbers of employees to, to becoming a, a more established company that we are now um, with really a, a professional team of experts that, that comprise our R&D department.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned this at the beginning of the interview and how you guys were ahead of the curve because digital really isn't something new for you. Um, You've been, Skill Dynamics has been providing online training right from your company's inception, which was back in 2011. So what was the pull of digital a decade ago and what made you really double down on it to where you are now, because pretty much everything now is online. And so tell me a little bit about that digital journey and, and why you started with, with that and how how you've seen the trajectory of success.
1: Yeah. So even pre-COVID, the trend was toward digital learning. I, I can't say that back in 2011 or even 2013, but it, so I guess it was part of our contrarian nature where we decided, you know, everyone else was coming from classroom and then they, they kind of, as, as the trend toward digital learning was increasing, they, they kind of worked back and, and, and did some digital learning. Whereas we absolutely started as, as di- digital natives, if you will. I think from early on, we knew that the quality of classroom training is highly variable. It depends on the quality of the individual trainer and even how well the trainer is feeling that particular day and if they Mm. remember certain good examples or if the examples they think of that day happen to work. And I would know about this because I used to deliver classroom training. (laughs) Classroom also requires corporations to pull people out of work for a few days at a time spend money on flights, hotels, restaurants, and and on top of that, lose those days of productivity for everyone involved. On top of all of that, after a month, those people have very likely forgotten at least 70% of what they've learned. Mm. So we took the approach that digital learning could provide a consistently excellent learning experience So we spend the time in development up front to get all the real scenarios and real examples just right so that every time learners take a course, it's the best possible version of that particular course. Hmm. Secondly, instead of doing three days in a row in a training course, people learn better when they continuously revisit and crucially apply the learning. Our learning journeys give people the opportunity to do that. At this point, Skill Dynamics has pulled ahead of the market and alongside the increased ability to invest afforded by our private equity sponsors, that gap is only going to widen. Our learners can expect an even better experience in the future than they have today and, and we will be even better able to keep them up to date with all the latest things in procurement and supply chain uh, innovation and, and developments into the future. I think you mentioned that earlier and it's Procurement and supply chain is always changing. So we're now at the point where we've got all the the kind of fundamentals covered, and it's really just about covering the the things that are new and, and evolving.
0: Well and I'm I'm also I mean we can't really get through this discussion without talking about what's happened in the last year with COVID. And so, you know, I'm I'm interested to hear how things have changed over the last year, not only for skill dynamics but for your customers as well. Like have you seen businesses embrace digital and recognize more that they need to train keep keep training their staff and upskilling their staff to really keep up with some of these disruptions.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely what we've seen recently. Uh, just going taking a step back. So, I think you asked about our our our, you know, our our associates and the people that work for us and we're really a team full of missionaries rather than rather than mercenaries. And I think Part of this innovation and, and, and constant evolution and dynamic nature of our company is that they really believe in, in what we're doing and, and we, they believe that it, it is having an impact. During the early days of COVID, I would say going back to what we're seeing now, but during the early days of COVID, we did see corporations tighten their budgets, bracing for, for the worst and entering the unknown. But now we're back growing at pace again. I think there's two factors behind that. One is corporations are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and are back to investing again. And secondly, given all the supply chain disruption that we've seen for COVID, Brexit and other trends, procurement and supply chain are squarely in this corporate spotlight. Those that have high performing teams that find a way to secure value from innovation from their suppliers, Will gain a strategic advantage and I think companies are aware of that. Those that continue to move slowly partially due to a lack of commercial skills, for example, will fall behind.
0: Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that, you know, businesses have come to you with because you've got some really interesting articles on your website around recent procurement trends and challenges, um, especially also around e-commerce. I mean, we've seen a boom in e-commerce. In some cases, it's gone up. 300%. 300 percent. So are there any particular areas of learning that have risen mid and post pandemic that you're seeing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the big trends couple of the big trends around supply or around supply chain and procurement are supply chain risk and resilience. So savvy companies are not just looking now for the cheapest items, but rather the ones that make their supply chains less complex and in some cases geographically closer not only are companies looking to make their supply chains more resilient to world to world events but they're also looking to make su- supply chains sustainable which often means reducing their carbon footprint yes and we've got all these topics covered in our learning journey and that that reducing the carbon footprint that that's only going to increase over time with with governments and regulatory bodies really under pressure to deliver the targets that they're signing up to so uh, so we've got all these co- topics covered in our in our learning journeys, whether they're individual topics or, as in the case of resilience, a holistic theme running throughout our content. I mm-hmm. mentioned retailers and e-commerce and, and retailers and those companies looking to e-commerce to drive their revenue, many of which are new to the to the game, so to speak. They're looking at how to use data and analytics to understand better what the customer needs and to also sense and shape demand. Just to give you a simple example, if you've got a truck full of, say, hamburgers headed to Los Angeles, and you see rain forecast for LA in this weekend, but you know that people will be out barbecuing in the San Diego sun, you reroute those burgers to San Diego instead. Or in terms of shaping demand, if you see that there's a glut of, say, dark blue mountain bikes building up in your London shop, you dynamically reduce the price to make room for your next model. Another concept that the pandemic has brought out even more clearly is the importance of end-to-end supply chain visibility and supply chain agility in managing the bullwhip effect. So let's take the ongoing semiconductor availability crisis, for example. The sequence of events that led to this crisis bear all the telltale signs of a classic bullwhip effect. A glut due to the collapse in demand, followed by shortages caused caused by an unexpectedly rapid recovery, exacerbated by shortage gaming and double booking behavior from anxious chip buyers clearly those companies involved could benefit from training in those, in these areas.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad that you use that one as an example. It's something that has been coming up in conversation for me a lot, you know, and what does that look like? When, when are the levels going to go back to normal? And I think we're going to have to take 2021 to really reset everything, but you're right. We really need to have the right skills in place to be able to, you know, work with these disruptions and figure out new routes or what that looks like and how can we shift what we're doing from a supply chain perspective. I know that supply chain leaders are really tasked, right? You know, there's a lot of short-term pain right now, but I think they're also looking at the future and what does that supply chain strategy look like? There's a lot of conversations around diversifying supplier base. There's also conversations about nearshoring and bringing some of that manufacturing back um, and being able to manufacture to local markets. So there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions without a lot of answers and a lot of supply chain leaders and teams really taking a look at what their options are and you know i think education and upskilling is definitely going to be the key to that so let me ask you what's what's your ideal client for skill dynamics you've talked about corporate teams and you have some impressive clients do you work mostly at the enterprise level
1: yeah well, i mean we're fully focused on the corporate market as our number one priority and, and our, our number one priority within that is to accelerate corporate performance, Yeah, especially where multinationals have associates in different parts of the world, for instance, our training works especially well to upskill their people all at the same time and establish a common language and way of working. And I think going back to your earlier point, the only way really to solve these challenges, as I think you were saying, is to upskill people because there's no... There's no template or, or kind of cookie cutter approach that's going to, to solve all all these problems you need to solve for sustainability, uh, supply, yes. supply chain risk and, and and understand where all these things are going and and, and determine a solution that, that's right for your company yeah um, so so be establishing a common language common way of working and getting people to start thinking creatively, which is really one of the main goals of education I would argue and certainly, plays a big part in, in our learning journeys. But doing these things enables CPOs and vice presidents of supply chain to, to deliver their strategy quicker. We work with clients across all sectors, all industries and, and, and many different sizes, really at least, I mean, at least mid-size and above. Uh, but our, our our target clients are the, the multinational corporations. We segment customers by the level of customization required. Uh, For many mid-size and even some larger clients, a lower level of tailoring is required due to our experience in working with so many clients worldwide. Uh, But for those with very specific training needs, we work with them to ensure they get training on what it is they need. In some cases, even using a mix of our own content with some of their their own content mixed in.
0: Huh, interesting. So you're very flexible and, and you can customize the options.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we've also developed content specifically for retail, pharma and the automotive sector. So in retail, in addition to all the other great content that we have, um, and, and a lot of the content that we have is done specifically for retail, we actually can use in, in other industries as well. So we've added buying and merchandising, e-commerce and critically supply chain analytics. And these are very crucial to retail organization as well as other um, or organizations. In automotive, for example, we've added a deep quality assurance offering, so that in, including taking a complex topic like Six Sigma and making it digestible. So even for companies outside of automotive, they'll still benefit from that, that new offering, especially anyone, for example, with any manufacturing or warehousing operations involved in their, in their business.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, especially right now going from just in time to just in case, or do we stay with just in time or go to just in case? I mean, like I said, there's a lot of questions with not a lot of answers just yet. Um, but it's time for one of my favorite questions, um, because I want you to, you know, paint a picture, right? Obviously, on a learner-by-learner basis, you can see assessment results, right? Reporting and so on. But do you have an example? Paint Paint us a picture of how your training has helped a customer on a bigger scale. What was the challenge that they came to you with? What was the solution that you provided? And what was the impact or benefit to their business?
1: Yeah. So with all of our clients, we measured, even just beyond the individual assessment results, we show clients their competence development over time. And and that's done in a number of different ways through various types of assessments. Uh, But one particular client came to mind when you asked about a case study, and I can't even mention their name, unfortunately, due to the fact that they view us as a driver of their competitive advantage, which which is pretty neat. We've developed a platform for them that we're also incorporating parts of that platform in, in our own platform uh, for the benefit of our other, for our other clients as well. And what it does is it takes assessment to the next level. It goes beyond just uh, the, the uh, kind of basic assessment to, to, uh, to assess on different dimensions. And off the back of that assessment, they'll also be able to use it to track their professional development plans over time Wow. We actually see that when they complete an activity that is not necessarily just tied to learning, that also helps them to professionally develop. And really our whole ethos and the whole push behind our organization is we want to make people drive people's performance to be better. And that so so professional development plans and tracking those and uh, suggesting activities that people should be doing, if you think of it, if you took the or, an organization as a whole and you just kind of let them let them interact randomly, they, people would learn some things, but they wouldn't necessarily learn the right things as efficiently as possible. But if you're guiding their professional development in a way that includes learning and also real on-the-job training, that's where you're maximizing the efficiency of your learning program. Um, So that's, that's what we're doing for this particular client. The, our, our system that we're building replaces uh, a system where they would use thousands of spreadsheets and very manually track all these things and gather it in a central place. Um, So it, it, it provides them a, a, quite a level of efficiency as well. The, and, and as I mentioned, all of our, the whole goal of our training is to increase real world performance. So I think it makes sense. It's a logical next step to do the kind of professional development plans um, to, to guide people in, in how, they, how they develop within their role. It, additionally, they're both a procurement and a supply chain client. So through our what we call report management center, we're showing the return on investment that clients are getting by showing people's competence development over time and the collective levels of competence. So so one organization might be great at demand planning and another and not so good at warehouse operations. So that's where they, they know they need to focus. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's the kind of thing that we, that we do for our clients.
0: Well, and I think it's a game changer. I mean, if you think about it, right, you really need to assess your your team members, right? So that you know that they're in the right roles and you can assess them for their competencies to see where they're at and where they want to go in their career. So you can really have an in-depth conversation with the data that they're getting from you at Skill Dynamics. You know, as a leader, that's huge because you can get a window into who they are, what they know where they want to go and how you can help support them getting there and put them on a on a career trajectory within the company that works for everybody and then not only that when you're doing your your own assessments internally when a leader sits down with a team member you know, traditionally you're going through, you know, maybe some questions and and whatever. But if you have all of this data available to you, you can say, okay, well, this is where you started. This is what you've done. This is, this is the change that we've seen. Are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you not enjoying what you're doing? Can we pivot a little bit? And this is where we're going with all of that. And so people stay motivated and they really can see the vision for who they are and what they do, and what that means for them in their career, so I absolutely love it. But the, my last question to you is: What does the future hold for Skill Dynamics? Well,
1: oh, future is 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 definitely very bright for Skill Dynamics. Um, we've undergone a significant transformation in the business over the past year, and I can confidently say that the level of talent that we have now in our in our organization will mean that we can really start picking up the pace even more in terms of our development and the innovation that we can offer for our clients. Uh, I, I will say it's incredible how far we've come in that regard over the course of even just the last year. Right now, we're looking beyond what what is possible in the digital e-learning world today. So there's not one kind of magical tool that everybody uses, uh, but rather we wanna bring together different technologies to create an even larger gap between what we do and what any other e-learning company does. And there's really two main components to our innovation, the content itself and the systems we use to assess, deliver and show demonstrable return on investment. We're committed to investing in both with the goal of delivering, delivering practical, performance accelerating learning in ever more efficient ways. So there, there'll be a step changes in how the content looks and feels, the algorithm behind how learners experience the training and content that's ever more targeted to even all the various industries and sectors that we serve. So that's one of the, that's one of the keys for me is How do we get even more targeted in terms of delivering the the exact right training that each learner needs based on their role and based on their current skill level?
0: Absolutely. And everybody knows I love to talk about people and investment in people, in their development, in their talent, really, really excites me. I've said it before, but COVID really has reminded everyone of the importance of people, of quick thinking, of collaboration and support. So it's awesome to see so many companies investing in their people And to see Skill Dynamics doing such an innovative job of facilitating that. So thank you so much to the team at Skill Dynamics for, you know, making this happen. And David, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with so much great information on what you guys are doing.
1: Thank you, Sarah. It's it's been a pleasure.
0: If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. We also have a category filter for you. So if you're looking for a solution to a supply chain challenge, hit up that category filter and go and find the episode that corresponds to your challenge because we know that we have spoken to the solution that you're looking for. And remember to come back next week for the latest episode of Blended our show that takes a fresh and honest look at the issues surrounding diversity and inclusion. Plus, we're also talking to Zip. And Zip is changing the world of procurement. And I cannot wait to dive in with them and show you exactly how they can make your procurement teams and life that much easier. If you like our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, and even TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, or subscribe to our newsletter over at Let's supply Chain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at LetstTalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. Or we also give away this dictionary on every single one of our LinkedIn posts. So go and check that out. Click the link, go through the steps, and you'll be able to get our free supply chain dictionary. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.